going to be recapping the Honda Open that just wrapped up here. But before we do, I'd like to throw it over to Nate. Welcome back. Thanks, man. Good to be back. Good to be back on the on the pod, I'm talking some golf after a few rough nights, and but all good. And welcome to new girl, new baby girl into the family on February the third. She's been great, and her name is Rory. And kind of after, not really after Roy McIlroy, but we were watching the Ryder Cup in the summer, and I was like, you know, Rory. Her girl name sounds kind of good. The wife agreed to it, so here we are. Here we are. So she she's not Roy McIlroy Jones, but is Rory and Jones. So she's awesome, and she's uh she's growing like a weed, and we're having fun. So all good things to say. So it's good to be back, ready to talk some golf for sure. Talking some golf. Well, we're gonna talk. Kick it over to the the Honda, the Honda Cl- Classic just uh, wrapped up here. Um, we had what looked like potentially a little bit of a a snoozer runaway. You know, not the best field this week with a big lead after 54 holes. It looked like it could have just been another mundane day, but I guess Daniel Berger decided he wanted to keep it interesting for us. And, uh, you know, we're sitting here today, not going to be talking about him. So. I always like records being broken and new things happening. And I believe, if I'm correct, that Sepp Strecka is the first Austrian to win on the PGA Tour. I like to see things like that, new people winning. And, you know, he gets he gets all the freebies for winning for a few years. So it's good to see that. And even though Berger, our fellow American, failed us, it's always good to see a, a tournament with a bear trap. And then how, I think the first day people, the field was like 63 over par or something like incredible like that. So it was fun. To, this tournament's fun for that reason, the bear trap. And it was good to see the scores kind of spread out. And I believe another in the last, what, two months, we've had four or five first-time winners. So um, a lot of good things happened. I think this is like five in a row. I saw today that probably I think I had it on at like one p.m. before I went to go watch the Gamecocks women team wrap up their regular season. Um, they said there were two hundred and seventy-four golf balls in the water this week. Also, I feel bad for Brooks because Saturday he was with the slowest golfer on tour, and like, dude, oh, that was tough. That was like that was hard to watch. The announcers commented and they couldn't even pan to brooks fast enough before he hit they were like oh the ball hit the green let's go to brooks and brooks was already in his downswing and they were like well i guess we can't really see a shot but i think i think the honda like it's like this every year so i think like there's just tournaments on the schedule where if you're a top player who's been winning or or has these exemptions then there's no need to play these when you had the California three or four tournaments that people played basically three or four out of five and then take a week off. They'll play Bay Hill and then the players. Like, I think that's, I kind of like it that way because it does give, like Nate said, it does give some of these golfers who week in, week out don't necessarily have a chance, but if they get the chance and they win, now they get exemptions into these other tournaments, which just gives them more opportunity. So I, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I feel like it's not like edge of your seat. I didn't tune in as much or like watch as like rigorously as normal. But I still thought today was fun. The last three holes were pretty fun with Straka almost making an eagle on 18 in the pouring rain. Berger just didn't make a made one putt over 29 inches today, which is like you're not going to win by doing that. And then Lowry, according to the announcers on 18, hit the worst tee shot of the whole week by any golfer on 18. So it was pretty much over as soon as he hit that tee shot. He looked very uncomfortable in that rain. And I'm not sure why. Like, I would think of 
pro would be there, but I mean, he was, he was ducking under his umbrella and then he was out there for two, two or three seconds, max just hit his shot and right back underneath it. it. It seemed very rushed and, you know, with a chance to win, win the tournament, at least going to a playoff, it, it just seemed a little, a little odd there. I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it definitely opened up. Like, I don't, like, I, obviously I feel like with anything on TV, the TV never does the weather, you know, it's always darker there than the TV shows you. And I feel like the weather's always probably worse than what the TV shows you. So it, it was really coming down there though. I also had another note about this tournament. Also, I just, every time they have cars in the middle of ponds, I just want to see them put one out there. Like I, I know it's floating on like a barge of some sort, but like, is it, I think it's, I think it's like a stand at the bottom of the pond. I don't know. I probably, it's easy Google, but I would rather not Google and just think about it every time I see it. And I'm just like, do they drain the pond to get the car out? Like, what do they do? I guess not that, but I'll let your imagination go. I feel like it's a lot of work to get a car out there in the middle of a, middle of a pond. Yeah. It doesn't show all that well. I think at a, at the players, it does a little bit better when they do that, but I'm just like, this tournament didn't really seem I mean, to do a whole lot. I got, I have a passport and it's not light. So it's not, I don't even think it's a barge that it's sitting on because it's not like moving. Like the water's moving around it, but the car itself is not moving. So I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I don't really know what it adds. I think you could just put like a logo or something out there, but it yeah. gets you talking about it, man. That's like the, so it's a yeah. Super Bowl ad strategy. It doesn't have to make sense. It just has yeah, to be yeah, open about it. No expense people, was spared. Yeah. People uh, think if you fall, if you drive into a lake, your car's just going to float. Buy Honda. <laughs> buy, buy Honda. That's your car will float. Yeah. I think, uh, and then like you said, some notes on tournament, you know, not, not a very strong strength of field. We've talked, we said that a couple of times now. So it did, it did open up the door for, you know, the first time winner. Straka, I think is how you say it. I'm not not great with pronouncing things, but I think that's how you say it. Um, I just had some interesting notes here. You know, not not always like to focus on you know career earnings, but this one kind of stood out to me. So, you know, so Straka turned pro in 2016. This is his 94th event. This is prior to today, so not counting his winnings of today or his finishes. 94 events prior to today or this week. 50 made cuts, seven top tens, and his best finish was third. So what do you think his career earnings were for a guy like that? Five years. I'm going to go uh, $3.5 million. I'm going to go five plus. Yeah, so it's th- $3.6 wow. in career earnings, which, you know, as a, I'm just looking at that. And I was like, you know, seven top tens, that's pretty good. But, I mean, this this feels like a very mundane career. And to still be like, oh, yeah, $3.6 million over five years, like, golly, they make a lot of money. It makes everything else, like, with – with what's going on with this the Saudi league and stuff, it just makes it so out of touch. It feels like when you look at that and be like, "Yeah, three point six million for very very average finishes." Yeah, and it's like, I mean, it is a lot of money, but I think it's just like, also, I think myself as an average person who plays, like, I don't think I understand how much it costs to maintain being on the tour when you are making a bunch of money. Like, 3.6 is a lot, but, like, I don't think he's taking private jets, all this stuff, like, flying to tournaments, paying your caddy, like, equipment, stuff like that. You have sponsorships. Well, some, but who knows what those numbers are. It is a lot of money, but it makes me feel like if pros are worrying about that, 
that it costs a lot more to be in these tournaments than we think when you add up all the expenses and family and stuff. Well, and potentially we'll see some of that in this documentary series with Netflix, right? Like, I think they're going to give us more looks into the behind the scenes stuff. And so maybe some of that, like what goes on off the course, is going to show up a little bit more and maybe we'll get some better appreciation for like what it actually takes to do this. Week yeah, because I mean, I, I bet they have like personal trainers and like probably chefs at home. A lot of them, at least maybe not a full three meals a day, but like. They probably have some chefs. I mean, got a lot of rehab, chiropractor, physical therapy, a lot of stuff, co- swing coaches. I mean, there's a lot of like money that that I don't think people think about. So missing cuts is not necessarily beneficial um, a lot of the times. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, no guaranteed money is you just spending money to not make money. It's kind of a interesting concept. Yeah. And. I saw an interesting story. Um, Martin Contini, I think that was, I think he finished 16th, tied for 16th. He, which got him 106K. Um, he was a Monday qualifier, I believe. And, and this might be a good point. Uh, I have a friend that made, that played amateur golf, played at LSU, and he might be someone good to talk to in our, on our pod in the future. But from what I've heard from him is, you know, you, your part of your you know job is reaching out and if you don't have sponsorships you know whether it's family money or asking for money some of these guys probably have to pay people back and probably have commitments and so it's interesting to see if if that 160 one if he's if he's got to go back and pay people or or like you said is that going towards you know whoever it is but it was good to see good good to see that story i feel good story right there for that guy uh, making 100k in a weekend and this is the uh, the sixteen way tie for the Monday qualifiers. I, I, I just think that was one of them, but I know they had four spots in the field. I think four or six spots in the field for Monday qualifiers. Yeah, but he I he see. finished tied for one of the guys finished. I guess the only qualifier Monday qualifier to finish um, under the cut line. And also heard Patrick Reed apparently got his start through the Monday qualifiers. He I think he I saw an article that he was able to qualify for a bunch of events on the Monday qualifier. And that's kind of how he got his card was earning his way through there. So that was an interesting point I heard. I guess you brought up Patrick Reed. I mean, our, uh, you know, our winner here, same alma mater, Georgia, taking over the PGA tour. It feels like, I don't know. I don't know if it's actually true or not, but it feels like there's a lot of Georgia winners or at least Georgia guys that are, that are finishing pretty high up there recently. Wait, Reed went to Augusta college. I think he went to Georgia first or something like that. Yeah. Straka went to Georgia. Who won the tournament last year? Also went to Georgia. He was at the. He was on eighteen, waiting. There was another. There's a lot of Georgia people on tour. Hudson Swafford, I think, went to Georgia. Kisner, yeah, Hudson did. Oh yeah, Matt Jones from last year. That was yeah. The, Basically, SEC yeah. schools have a lot of golfers, though. I mean, Bandy, Wake Forest. Yeah. I think it seems like it's either West yeah, Coast like, or SEC. I think it's just good weather. <laughs> You don't really see a lot of Big Ten schools with <laughs> golfers. Probably, you can't play as much. Right. Um, probably a correlation there. Also, I'm looking at the, like, uh, money money line or earnings from the tournament. And, I mean, to make the cut and finish last of the people who made the cut, you only make 16, 16K. And I have to feel like you're probably not coming out ahead once you pay caddy travel. Except, well, I guess it depends on your sponsorships. But I was following Ricky Fowler since we're a Fowler Stan account podcast, and he made twenty seven point six k to come tie for forty second at plus three seventy two seventy 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 one. Ricky 
has a very colorful scorecard every time right now. And it is, it is a roller coaster. It is like watching Spieth the last two years and still watching Spieth. Yeah. The highs are high yeah. and the lows. So are that's probably what I watched the most well. from this, uh, from this tournament was just trying to watch Ricky do something. Yeah. I know where we are. Ricky stands, but I, I mean, I don't, I really don't know why, but I like Shane Lowry. And so seeing him kind of lose today in the way that he did felt a little tough. Honestly, I don't, I don't really know why I necessarily like him. Like, I don't think there's anything particularly that stands out. I think maybe just, you know, he doesn't kind of fit the mold as everybody else. A lot of guys kind of look similar, play similar, and he's a little bit different. So I think that's why he stands out a little bit to me. So kind of tough to see him lose the way he did. But I guess here, so I have a quote from uh, from Shane Lowry. So, you know, he was asked about the rainstorm that came through on the, on the final hole, hole and a half for him, I believe. Um, and his quote was, yeah, it's hard to take it, to be honest. feel like I got a good tournament stolen from me today. You know, he goes, or he's gone three under the last five on the course. I played the golf perfectly to win the tournament, and that's the game sometimes, and that's this level. That's a little questionable for me because Straka also had to play in the rain. He was played that, he played 18 in the rain as well, so I don't know. It feels a little tough to hear him say that because it kind of feels like he's kind of taking that as the blame of like, hey, I played really good, it's just... Couldn't couldn't predict the yeah. rain kind of thing, but but so that felt yeah. a little weak. The rain me, didn't but. cause your drive on eighteen. Yeah, I mean, I was like, uh, I don't know. Like I said, being a being a pro, being a pro, you feel like you yeah. got to be ready for that type of environment. So yeah, and they knew. I think they knew rain was coming. They say that the breaks even out. So he said his response yeah, to that was hopefully in about five or six weeks. So throwing it, throwing yeah. his name in the hat for Augusta, if you feeling into it well and then i guess you know we probably do have to talk a little bit about about burger i believe five shot lead six five shot lead yeah five so five shot lead started the day with an 80 percent chance to win after six holes today he was down to 23 percent. i know other guys have lost big leads before but man that felt like the worst possible start for him today um yeah something about burger i don't trust it I don't know. He's one of those guys where I have the opposite feeling that Mike has with Lowry. I just don't I just don't really like him. I can't there's nothing he's ever done, nothing he's ever said. Just I every time I look at him I don't trust him. I'm just like I I don't know. There's like there's nothing flashy or anything even though he's been like I saw a stat like he's like one of five golfers. He's one of the top 5 golfers in like the past calendar year which is crazy. Like if you include Ryder cup and everything and how, how he played and I'm like, that is insane. But yeah, I did see that percentage drop so quick. I don't know. I mean, I know that speaks to consistency, but like you said, he doesn't feel like a guy who's going to go out and just take a tournament. Like it feels much more like a guy like he did today where he might hold on occasionally, but maybe not like interesting today. So this was his only day with negative strokes gained. So, I mean, obviously it was really as bad as it looked, mainly on the greens, but even his, you know, shots getting approached were negative today. So, overall, not a good day for him. Only only player in the top five this week that did have negative strokes gained today. So, quite literally the recipe of how to go lose a tournament. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm a, I think he needs to have some good showings at some bigger profile tournaments. I think that's why there's something about it where I don't trust him. I feel like I always hear about his name, but it's not at like 
the genesis where there's a bunch of people in the field or the players or a major it's what you're so i feel like this can like this type of performance can go one or two ways with people is it can either set you up for it a big comeback you know you've learned your lesson and now the next time you're sitting on your your you know 54 hole lead you'll be ready or it could kind of go the other way of like hey i had this huge lead and i blew it right that might have been one of my best chances to win and i still couldn't close it i guess where do we where do we think burger is going to fall on that on that spectrum I'm thinking it's a 50-50. Who knows? Because I feel like this has happened before. But he's also won a couple tournaments. But then I also feel like we, I feel like this has happened where he's had a lead or like a top three and couldn't close it out. So I have no idea. To be honest, I just, I kind of hope, I kind of hope he does something, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even seeing him in the um, – it was kind of weird seeing him in the Ryder Cup this summer. And I think I believe he's a captain's pick, and he played uh, – I think he won the first tournament out of COVID, and then he had a good stretch. But he's a pretty streaky guy. It, it's good. He, I thought we see him on, on top of the leaderboard a few times, but it's just he, he's got to have that, that stretch of golf that doesn't come often for him. But he, he's definitely a fighter, and he's got a very, kind of odd swing, but definitely the talent's there. But – just getting four good days of golf from him is tough. Yeah, it feels like a guy that, like you said, could could show up for one or two rounds. So you know, those utility things like Ryder Cups, Presidents Cups, you know, probably still a good pick. But you know, we'll we'll see if he's gonna be able to string together consistently. You know, four four rounds of golf at at a high level. What'd you guys? I guess wrap it to wrap it up. You know, what'd you guys think of this? We, we came off a stretch of tournaments on the West Coast, and then we kind of switch over here to the Florida Coast. Or the Florida swing here. I guess. What do you guys think about the actual, you know, course setups and how they show on TV? You know, which do you guys like one more than the other, or about even for you guys? Uh, I think the course setups are pretty boring. Well, not from the setup, as in tournament, the way the tournament set it up. I just think visually, especially on TV, you're not going to be able to compete with the cliffs and the elevation changes of Hawaii and California watching this weekend it kind of felt like every hole was the exact same looking at it on tv it was like you saw the players there was green there was some water there were trees there were houses like a retirement community and then you saw the green and most of the greens looked the same i think setup wise the greens got faster every round because the sun was out every day which did make it harder for people to hit 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 some of the greens i think 16 only two people hit the green like all day on Saturday in regulation, which is like insane when you got 60 pros out there. But yeah, I think visually Florida, it's just, it's flat. And in a lot of the courses just look like they're in retirement communities. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the Florida MO, I believe when when you're in like California and you got the views and like the summer near vineyards and, and kind of how we talked about when you, when you go to a Florida course, all the courses have the BMWs in the middle of the ponds. And it's like, okay, well, we've seen this a few weeks in a row. It's like, what car sponsorships next? Maybe they should put, they should put the, the car in the middle of the green to make it tougher. You got it. The hole is underneath the car. 
Yeah, no, I, I I guess I'll echo kind of what you guys are saying. And like, obviously it doesn't show as well. Um, I think they are great courses, like, especially if you see them in person, but as far as TV golf area, it doesn't have, the course is really not going to set up that the excitement necessarily, like even with how many shots go in the water during this tournament, right? Like, yeah, it creates a little bit of excitement, but it, it doesn't have the same suspense that you get when you're out there on the West coast and the balls are going to travel a lot on the ground and there's a lot of undulation that you're going to have to, you know, see what happens kind of thing. I guess overall, you know, I thought it was a pretty successful tournament in terms of, you know, I, I was able to sit down and watch the end of it or, you know, this, this last round. And I was pretty, I don't want to say captivated, but at least interested, you know, seeing what was going to happen with the whole burger situation. So I think that's a, you know, good, good start to, uh, to a tournament that usually doesn't hold as much you know weight as the as the ones around it and you know we're on to bay hill next week and players after that so should have some good ones coming up and should be a little bit more exciting